Hello and welcome back to the Basketball Champions League Coast to Coast podcast with you from Germany. I'm David Hein, uh, new voice uh, doing the opening. I'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, joining me for this for this uh, fun preview of the Basketball Champions League Final Eight is, uh, is a man who, who you've heard before on this podcast and who will be in Athens, Deacon Lloyd-Smith. Deacon. Welcome back to the show. Thank you very much, Dave. It's great to be back on. And also looking forward to uh, to jumping into what looks to be a very unpredictable and exciting tournament. So, Exactly. Uh, it's, I guess, first of all, before we go too, too much, um, so uh, Austin Green um, it will be unable to, to continue. Um, uh, it was great co-hosting with him and... Uh, we will continue the podcast for the 2020-21 season, and uh, there will be a, a, a different co-host. We'll let you know once that's uh, once we get to that season. Also, we know that there's been news about the 2020-2021 season, and we'll cover that in sort of a preview of the of that season. But we're going to focus on the 20 uh, 2019-20. 20 um completion of this season um i guess deacon let's first start off just really quick um how happy are you that that we're going to be able to get um a a champion for the 2019-20 season personally i'm just over the moon that we have competitive live basketball again i think it's um you know i i don't really want to talk too much about about lockdown and um, situation in the world because I'm sure everybody's as sick of it as, as I am. And really, uh, it's just great to do what we all love doing, which is talking about basketball and watching basketball. And and um, it's almost a relief to have live basketball again. And, uh, you know, if you, if you see interviews with players, a lot of them are speaking about the same feeling. You know, they're just the opportunity to play again and the opportunity to win a championship and compete for a championship. That's what they work their entire lives to be able to do. So, you know, in that respect, I'm happy for the players and the teams as well. For sure. Uh, you know, I'm totally excited. Uh, you'll be, you'll be there. I will be watching the games uh, from the comfort of my office in, in Germany. Um, and as everybody probably is aware, the games will be in, in Athens, at the uh, Nico Gallas uh, Olympic Indoor Hall, there, uh, the home of of Ike Ike Athens will be the host uh, team, but there will not be any fans. the The final two teams to qualify for the final eight were JDA Dijon, who uh, finished off their round of sixteen uh, tie with Nizhny Novgorod, winning game three after the two first two games had been uh, taken one each, and Ibero star Tenerife knocked off uh, Philo uh, Ostend uh, to return to the uh, let's call it knockout uh, final phase of this competition. Obviously, that's a 2017 champion, 2019 finalist. Um, so we're going to break down just to give you a, a, a rundown of, of of how this preview is going to work. We have interviews with one player from each of the eight teams, and we're going to break down this uh, this preview in two podcasts, focusing on the first two quarterfinals that will take place Wednesday, September thirtieth, um, and then the and then the other two um, the other two quarterfinals on October first. We'll focus on those two games 
uh, in the second half of this podcast, which will be uh, which will be published then on on Monday. Um, so that's a breakdown of of how we're going to do it. Uh, I I guess so. The, the 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 breakdown of the of the quarterfinals. Hapu uh, Hapu uh, Bank Yahav Jerusalem is going to take on Herede San Pablo's Burgos in the in the opening game. And then Turk Telecom will take on JDA uh, Dijon on Thursday, October first. You have Arian Nimburk taking on Ike Athens, and then the final qualify the final quarterfinal will be Casademont Zaragoza take facing Iberostar Tenerife. So the semifinals will be Friday, and and then the third place game will and final will take place on Sunday after a day off on Sunday, October 4th. And then we will crown the fourth champion of this competition. Also, the the on the eve of the final in Athens, the BCL will announce the five players who make up the 2019-20 star lineup, as well as the MVP of the season, the best young player, and the winner of the coach of the season. Voting is open for those for those uh for those spots go to uh championsleague.basketball and and you find the the places where you can vote on on that all right so well, let's let's move into the first game uh before we before we talk about it let's hear from the players first and uh we're going to let uh Tayshaun Thomas start us off with uh with Hapo Jerusalem so here is uh here's my interview with uh, Tayshaun Thomas. All right, so uh, we have Tayshaun Thomas here today from Hapo Jerusalem. Um, uh, Tayshaun, hey, thanks for uh, coming uh, back on the show. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, no problem, man. Glad to be back. Um, we are uh, we're all more than six months into this COVID COVID nineteen pandemic. Um, I guess sort of how are you holding up uh, and and then also after everything that's been going on how nice does it feel for you to be back on the court and uh, and ready to challenge for a major championship oh man I, honestly I feel like I'm holding up just as much as uh, anybody right now it's a tough situation you know uh, nobody knows what to expect it's uh, changing every day you know so I'm just trying to stay at my best, at my top, you know what I'm saying, at my uh, best mental state coming into this situation. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's basketball, so I'm just trying to be ready on the side and be, uh, be the best player I can be on the basketball court. Uh, what would you say is the biggest challenge of going into a major competition like, like the Final Eight without really playing any domestic league games and, and really not playing very many uh, uh, preparation games? I think it's just the uh, like the chemistry part, you know, getting that down that down part. But like usually when you're coming into a season and you're at the final eight, you know, you kind of have a groove going with that team. You kind of know what's going on. Kind of feel like that might be the toughest part, but you know, that's you know what teams are working on now to try to get as comfortable as possible. And you're going to be one of the main guys coming back from from the team from uh, before the shutdown. Maybe what kind of leadership? What kind of role do you expect? Uh, definitely, 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 because uh, I feel like any time the person comes back, you know, you automatically know what's going on. 
beforehand, you know, you kind of have a history with the coach and, the, you know, the management. So you kind of want the front guys to kind of help out and teach the new guys, you know, the way to try to get things going for the team. So it's definitely a, a step up for me this year. Um, talking about the new guys, uh, a lot of most of the teams have added uh, had a lot of changes. Uh, you guys brought in Tariq Phillip, Malcolm Hall, uh, Malcolm Hill, and uh, Luka Mitrovic, among others. Yeah, uh, you've been working with them now for a couple weeks. Maybe how do you think uh, the team is coming along, and how you might how you think it might be different to uh, the one before the shutdown? Uh, honestly, I think that the team is coming together pretty well. You know, we've been spending uh, time together off the court, and I feel like that always helps out when it's, you know, bringing the team together. I've been hanging out with the new guys a lot myself, so you know, I feel like that will help, you know, translate onto the court. And you guys aren't really going to have a lot of, uh, nobody's really going to have a lot of film on any any of the teams. Uh, maybe, and that, you know, maybe that goes and says, okay, well, maybe we need to focus on what we do uh, more than necessarily on the opponent's game plan. Uh, biggest thing you think this your team needs to do to be able to win the championship? Uh, do what we normally do. I feel like we're a versatile team. You know, uh, coming into a lot of games, we're kind of prepared, you know, for multiple different ways, that it, like, you know, multiple different defenses and offenses and things like that. So I feel like we just need to continue to do that, continue to just be ready for anything coming into a game because, you know, you never know what you're going to get. Like you said, there's no film. So it's a, it's going to be a tough thing to do. As opposed to, to most of the teams actually at the final eight, you actually do know your opponents, at least the 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 way they look during the season uh, with uh, uh, playing uh, San, San Pablo Burgos. Uh, you played them twice in the uh, regular season, both games in the upper 80s, 90s, uh, and both games, you know, tight, tight games, uh, seven points victory for them in Spain, and then you had a five-point win uh, in um, in Israel, uh, expectations about that uh, quarterfinal matchup? Oh yeah, definitely, it's going to be some tension just because of that. You know, there's some of those same guys that played on the team last are going to be there, just like with us. So uh, it's going to be, you know, we're going to be both be ready to compete. We both know what each other can bring to the table. So I'm, I'm really excited for this matchup because I really had fun playing against Virgo last year. It's kind of one of my uh, favorite teams to play against last year. Cool, cool. Uh, last question. Uh, you know, obviously you guys were one of the contenders for the title last year, uh, weren't able to bring it home. What would it like? What would it be like for for you, for this club, to bring that great fan base and the city, uh, the uh, the BCL championship? It'd be huge. It'd be uh, well-deserved. You know, I feel like Jerusalem, uh, you know, the fans have been behind the management for a long time. They deserve it. You know, they want it, and I feel like the team has put together, you know, good teams year after year to where it's time for somebody to finally, you know, make a move to try to get there. So this would be a, a great opportunity for us to do, and it'll be a good thing for the city of Jerusalem. All right, Tejan Thomas, thanks a lot for uh, coming on. Uh, stay healthy and good luck and get to know your teammates better and better, and I will look forward to seeing you at the final eight. All right, no problem. Thanks for having me. Okay. Um, Deacon, you know, this is a team that, you know, everybody really thought was a, a title contender with the weapons that they have. Uh, um, and and now, you know, this is a team that is 
you know, looking almost in disarray. I mean, I know that's a pretty big word, but you look at the guys that they lost, James Feldeen, uh, John Holland, um, Emmanuel Terry, I think is a huge loss, Lockett. Um, and they, they they brought in some guys, but obviously the, the injury to Jacobin Brown, shoulder injury where he's gonna where he's gonna miss the tournament, a late entry of uh, Chris Kramer as well as Nikos Papas. Um maybe just first of all, your your thoughts about the let's call it an off season, if you will, and how this team looks. Um, in the formation it will have in Athens. Sure. I mean, timing is everything, I guess, in, in sport. And um, Of all the teams coming into Final Eight, you'd have to say Jerusalem looked to have been hit the most by timing. You know, if you if we go back to before, before the break, Jerusalem had the best offensive rating, so the best offense ever in the BCL. They had just got through another round of 16 Un, unbeaten at home so again no one's ever beaten Jerusalem at home in two years um, the, you know aside from two road you know the road games against um, Ike Burgos and, and they slipped in in France um, but they were looking very dominant they're looking absolutely like a favourite and also considering they'd never lost at home and they had a very good chance to host Final 8 you know this was a team that everybody and 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 I'd literally, everybody you would speak to had as as the clear favourite to win this year, and it was so dominant. And then things change, and you, you get to you get to the summer, and um, roster changes, and and then you get unlucky with an injury to Jacobin Brown in in preseason, and and suddenly there there are cracks in the armour, and you you're starting to wonder how how strong this team's looking, and how prepared they are for this tournament. I mean, there's there's no question that there are still the pieces there to to execute. Katash's system and they still play excellent team basketball and they play a very unique brand that's very hard to handle but you just wonder if the health and the condition of the squad is 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 there for them to do it um you know I'm, I'm very interested to see Tarek Phillip play I'm very excited obviously as a GB national I should be um but I'm really interested to see how he plays he looks to me perfectly suited to play in the Jerusalem system he's, he's a guy that you know, for them, they love their guards to be able to shoot off the dribble and be very poised and make plays in the pick and roll, and he looks like that. So I think that's a very exciting pickup. Uh, and Servidas, the Lithuanian mm-hmm. they picked up from Ritas, has, has actually started maybe stronger than some people expected. So there, there is green shoots, but it's not the Jerusalem yet that we that we had seen for the entire season. Yeah, them keeping. Being able to keep Tamir Blatt was big because he actually signed with Albert Berlin and they loaned him Absolutely. out to uh, to stay. Um, and I was talking to Tayshawn Thomas off interview and he was absolutely uh, impressed, thoroughly impressed with with how Servetus came back from the from the lockdown. That's a coach's son. And, uh, they said, he said he came back and was just looking fantastic. And, and so he's, and, and, you know, he's, he's somebody that, you know, people haven't seen for a while, you know, because, you know, he, he was, uh, you know, he was, uh, uh, you know, there's the pick with the NBA and, 
And uh, so it's going to, and, and at that age, you can develop so fast. And uh, so it's going to be, it's going to, I, he's, he's probably one of the guys I'm going to be looking forward to the most. There's the dynamic also that these two teams played during the season with both teams splitting. I, I don't think that has much, as much, as much impact just because, um, you know, th- these teams, you know, really changed so much, especially like we talked about, about Burgos. Um I mean, also to add to that, they split the home games, and neither yeah. of them are home in Athens. So, yeah. and and for both both teams, those the fans that they have at home make a huge difference. So, they, they kind of, I think the the playing field is very level with respect to that. All right, let's move into Hereda San Pablo's Burgos, and uh, to uh, to get their point of view, let's have uh, the one of the leaders of that team, Vitor Benite, uh, have his say on this uh, enticing matchup. So we'll catch you at the other, on the other side of this interview. All right. So we have uh, Vitor Benite from uh, San Pablo's Burgos. Uh, Vitor, thanks for uh, coming on, uh, on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to talk to you guys. And I hope I can answer well all the questions. Oh, you'll do fine again. Um, so, you know, we're all six months into this COVID-19 pandemic. Um, I, I guess, how are you holding up, um, you know, after everything that's been going on? Um, and then how nice is it to be, you know, sort of back on the court and and ready to challenge for a major a major championship? Well, I think, I think the world was, I mean, everybody's trying to adapt, you know, in this new situation. Uh, most of all, I think we're all happy to be, to be back on the court, to be able to, to, to compete, to practice, to be with, uh, our teammates. So it, it's a new moment. And I think to, to be able in the beginning of the season to play for a championship, you know, to, to play a big tournament, it's, it's a privilege, you know, as a player. And, and, and to the fans, it's going to be awesome. So I think, uh, after being, such a long time, you know, with all this uncertainty. I think uh, me personally, I'm really happy to be part of all these things that are going on right now. That we're going back to the to the new normal. Uh, you mentioned such a long time. What, what's what's the biggest challenge of going into a major competition like the Final Eight? Without the benefit of playing, you know, domestic league games over the week, or, or really even, you know, just other than maybe a preparation game here or, t- or there, you know, you you know, just have no rhythm and and everything else. What would you say is the biggest challenge? I mean, for sure, it is what you say. You now it's the rhythm. It's to find the chemistry. Uh, right now, uh, we're gonna play for a championship. You gotta win the first game. You know, we don't have any. Uh, space to 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 play a bad game. So I think right now most of the teams we got new players coming in. Uh, just I don't know one month and a half of practices, a couple of games, a friendly games. But we know it's not enough to be a hundred percent. But uh, at the same time, it's just it's uh, it's a new experience. You know, we got we got to adapt. We got to do our best, and we got to understand that. All the teams are not going to be on their best, you know, game, but uh, but it's going to be awesome just to be being able to compete in this level, you know. So I think that 
the most difficult thing is to find the chemistry in such a short time, you know, with new players and in the beginning of a, of a season. But, uh, but I, I mean, every team is going to be in the same situation, so I don't think it's going to be a major problem, you know. Looking at a couple of the new guys that you, you have, uh, as you mentioned, you added um, veterans Alex Renfro and Omar Cook. Uh, and also brought in uh, Dejan Kravic, Kenneth Horton, and Jordan Sacco. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned a few, you know, a few weeks of of working with the guys. Um, maybe your feeling of how this team will be different compared to the one that was uh, uh, before the shutdown. Uh, well, I think uh, the the team had. I mean, they we did a good job on finding players with a lot of experience. You know, when you when you lose a lot of important players from last season, uh, our point guard, Augusto Lima, and some other guys, I mean, it's always tough to find players that are going to make uh, the team find the chemistry in a short notice, you know? So I think bringing these experienced guys, guys that, that played in big teams, uh, in finals, playoffs, so these guys, they have the experience to come in and settle in as fast as we need, you know. So, so I think we're gonna we're gonna be a different team. Our point guards they are more of a passers, more like trying to make the team play, you know, not not that offensive. So I think the team is gonna find a, a good balance this year between, uh, I mean, attacking in the low post, attacking from outside. So I think it's gonna be a new team, but we do have the the names and the talent to to. To be a really good team, I can feel it. You're one of the main guys coming back. Uh, maybe what kind of leadership or what kind of role do you see in this team? Well, I think uh, since last year, I've been trying to, to to not be only a player that will come there and try to, to score or do the, the tactical stuff, but also as leader. I mean, this year, I'm one of the captains. Last year, I was already one of the guys that was always trying to to make sure that the team was in a uh i mean a, a good situation out of the court inside so so i think as a as a leader of the team i just gotta be, be able to help the guys especially the new ones to understand how the team works the city uh so they can feel comfortable to play at at their best um especially now because you might not know the teams as as well um you know so you really want to focus on 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 your own game plan kind of as well what's the biggest team what's the biggest thing you think your team needs to do to uh to win the championship well it's kind of like uh, what i've just told you about the chemistry you know i think uh, the, the most important thing right now because we don't know how the other teams are going to be playing so we try to get to know each other the max, uh, thing, I mean, at the, the highest level that we can, so we can understand as quickly as possible where each player want to be in the court, where they want to receive, how they like to shoot, how they like to, to, to run the court. So it's, it's this knowledge about the team that is the biggest thing right now, you know, because if, if, if we can find that, it's going to be easier for us to, to play difficult games and difficult moments. So I think the most important thing right now is to get to know each other uh, in the best way we can. Uh, and and you know your quarterfinal opponents, and actually probably better than uh, most teams in this competition because it's Hapo Jerusalem. 
and you actually played them during the season last uh, during the season. Uh, you guys won at home uh, on game day six, and uh, mm-hmm. and and ended up losing by five points both games in the eighty upper eighties nineties. Um, maybe your thoughts and expectations uh, about that game against a team that sure. They also have a lot of uh, of big names uh, that are not there, and will have important pieces new to their team. But it is a core mm-hmm. kind of that you you guys do know. Well, I mean, we we, we understand the Hapoel. They they probably gonna be like that last year. The way they play, you know, they're really offensive team. They they run really well the court. You know, they got players that can open up the court, shoot trees. So it's a uh, it's a team that if you let them. Going to a rhythm, it's tough. It's tough to stop them. They they have really good talent. So, I think uh, most of all, what we're trying to do right now is just to, to understand that we gotta make teams feel uncomfortable, you know, at the court. So, especially now on this first game, that we know that everybody's gonna be anxious. Everybody's gonna be, I mean, kind of playing that rough basketball in the beginning. So we got to make them feel as uncomfortable as we can so we can take them out of the positions that they usually play. And doing that, we can put our rhythm into the game. So I think it's, it's, this is the most difficult thing to do, but it's going to be our main goal since the beginning. All right, last question. Uh, I know you guys want to think day by day, game by game, but uh, let's dream just a couple of, of minutes here, just a couple of seconds. What would it be like to to give this uh, this famed trophy to this uh, to the club and to the city? Well, I mean, I, I've told this before. I think for the city, it would be something um, amazing. You know, I mean, this we we do have one of the best fans in Europe. You know. This this crowd they cheer for us doesn't matter if we're losing by twenty or if we're winning so they they bring such a, an amazing environment and so I think for them it would be I mean something that they they could remind for the rest of their life so we're gonna try to do that of course thinking game by game but our main goal I think from all the teams is just to to bring this cup home you know so I mean we're gonna work for that we hope it can happen but we know that. Since day one, we're going to have a, a, a big, big challenge in front of us, so we've got to be ready for that. All right, fantastic. That That is uh, Vitor Benite from San Pablo Burgos. Uh, good luck, uh, stay healthy, and uh, and hopefully we'll see you in a couple of weeks uh, at the Final Eight. Thank you. Thank you, man. It's always a pleasure. Thank you very much. Okay. Um, you know, this is a team that, for those who might not uh, been following, reached the semifinals of the Spanish end of the season tournament, and uh, you know they they made they they lost you know they did lose uh, some some pretty key pieces, Earl Clark, uh, August Lima, you know some good size there. Also lost uh, F- uh, Ferran Basas and Bruno Fittipaldi, but. You know the guys they brought in. You know this is a pretty good uh, uh, group of players. The the thirty eight year old Omar Cook, thirty four year old Alex Renfro. You know two really pass friendly point guards who have you know loads of experience. They brought they brought in uh, two thousand nineteen BCL champion uh, Dejan Kravich, uh, and then also brought in Jordan Sakow. Uh, uh, Shabi Rabaseda 
And, you know, you put them together with the core of Benite, McFadden, Uskic, and R- Rivero. And, you know, this is a, this is a team that, uh, you know, I, there's no reason why they shouldn't, uh, you know, be very confident going into this game. Um, your thoughts on, on, uh, and, and one other, one other aspect, um, of, of this is that, you know, by the time, Samburgos arrives in, in Athens. They will have already played three games. They lost in Barcelona by three points. They will have played Gran Canaria and uh, Kipuska, whereas um, whereas Hapo Jerusalem have will not have played a game yet. Plus, their country's in a in a in a, in a lockdown. Um, so you have all of that in a serious lockdown again, and so you have all of that uh, in consideration as well. So, so your thoughts on on San Pablo's their debut European season. Um, so what do you think about San Pablo's going into Athens? I, I think they're coming in um in a in a in the kind of same rhythm that saw them do so well in the ACB bubble. I mean there's no going there's no going away from it. You have to balance against the fact that for me Augusto Lima particularly is a huge miss because mm-hmm. he, he seems to really like playing in Burgos and he was playing with his, his buddy you know, he's playing with his buddy Benite and um you know Progress with the one of the best shot blocking teams in the BCL, one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the BCL, and it's no coincidence that the last time um, Augusto Lima was involved in a final tournament team, Murcia, they were also having the same stats. You know, so he's he's a huge hole to fill, and he, you know I know they brought in Kenneth Horton and, um, and Jordan Sacco, but and Kravich, but I wonder if anybody has the same energy and um, kind of emotional key he's, he's a you know Lima plays with emotion and the rest of the team can can bounce off that and I, and I think the, the biggest question for them for me uh, will be replacing that kind of emotion and energy that, that uh, switched on Augusto Lima brings but as you said you know that they, they've gone for experienced guys this team looks built to have a shot at winning this tournament it, it you know Omar Cook is one of the best import guards to play in ACB for you know for, he's just an incredible asset leader to have on your team incredibly smart great feel for the game player so he's going to be able to pick up a lot of that leadership Renfro too another great pickup and um, as you said Dejan Kravich is a is a BCL winner he's a current holder so they they have some really nice pieces and um in Juan Peñaroya, they have an excellent coach, an excellent, excellent coach. There was some talk about them not keeping him, and he might be the best signing they made all summer. Yeah, <laughs> it's keeping him on for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, and Renfro, you know, Renfro has also, you know, won his fair share of, of champions around the, around Europe. All right, so let's. Um, everybody wants to to know. Uh, everybody has their their pick on who's going to win or whatnot. Um, so let's hear it. Uh, you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Hapo Jerusalem or Herede uh, San Pablo's Burgos? I, I don't mind. Yeah, I'm happy to go first. Or if you want to, go for you, it. If you want to, go for okay. it. Okay. Um, I think we kind of bookended by the two. If you, the schedule, you know, that you mentioned earlier, I think we're bookended by the two toughest. Matchups to pick. You know, the other end you have the the all ACB matchup with Tenerife and Taragota, which is also impossible to go with. And no matter which one we pick, we're probably going to end up looking very silly. But um, 
So kind of with that in mind, I'm going to go with the one that will look silliest if I'm wrong, and I'm going to pick Burgos to win this game because, you know, I, I, if this was a fully healthy Jerusalem team with Jacob and Brown definitely playing, there's no way that I'd be able to pick against that team this year in the fight in, in BCL. But, you know, we're not expecting Jacob and Brown to play and um, Chris Kramer and, and Nikos Papas, we don't know how much chance they've had to get involved with um with Hapoel Jerusalem and there's a system to learn there. You know, the way that Jerusalem plays to a system is everything is read based and it can take a time to to build that chemistry when you play that way. So I just feel like Burgos momentum and the quality and experience in that team is is gonna be enough to get them through. Especially Vitor Benite is a excellent big game player. Is is the kind of guy that turns up in in the biggest games and hits shots. So I, I feel like he's um he's ready to to get it done in this game. I like I like the Tayshon Thomas um, Suleiman Brimo combo better than anything at the anything that San Pablo's uh, San Pablo's Burgos has to offer. But I. Don't know if they if Jerusalem has enough to get them into the spots they need. I mean, uh, you know, Tayshon Thomas was, you know, he scored on seventy two point one percent of his field goals attempts this season, which is insane. Um, but but that's also you know his guards, uh, his wings getting him in in spots you know that he could be effective in, and I just don't know. If that's going to be capable, especially late entries, if, if if Kramer and or Papas had been there from the beginning, that might look a little bit better. Like I said, it's 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 incredibly valuable that you were able to keep Blatt. Um, and but I think at the other end, um, you have the combo of experience with Cook and Renfro, who can run a show and who are pass first guys have no problem of of a game with zero points zero shots and eight assists right and 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 um and if nothing else just the just keeping the ball moving will help uh and i that's why i think that just because of that that strong veteran guard play that you know you're gonna get from san San pablo's burgos if you you said it you said it before if this game had taken place in march when it was supposed to, you know, this series, then Hapo Jerusalem, 100%, you know, even though San Pablo has been playing great basketball, I don't, I don't go against, uh, uh, Jerusalem, everything how it is right now. I, I, I have no problem going with San, pa- San Pablo's Burgos. I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if, if Jerusalem win, but I, I, it seems to me that everything is pointing right now. Um, also the game experience, you know, rhythm, you, you know, you're going to have to be in a rhythm you have, and have played games. The three games that, that, uh, San Pablo's Burgos will have played by then, um, are going to be, uh, gold value, you know, just by having that much uh, more continuity, uh, that Jerusalem's not going to have. Yeah. And, and I feel, um, the, the last point for me as well is, is when it gets to, if it's a close game, which you would probably expect it to be. And if you're getting down to the last two minutes and it's, it's those clutch moments where somebody just needs to make a shot. That was Jacob and Brown all season for, for, for Jerusalem. So they're going to need to find somebody else to create themselves a shot and make it 
when it when it gets to the clutch. And for for Burgos, you already know that Thad McFadden and Benitez are the guys that can do that, and they've got two, at least two, and that that can take that shot and make that shot when it when it comes down to it. So I, ju- I just give um Burgos the edge in this one. All right, let's move to the other one. Uh, we have Turk Telecom Ankara facing JDA Dijon. Uh, let's let's have Kyle Wilcher, the one of the leaders of Turk Telecom, give his say on on the affair, and uh, we'll talk. We'll get you on the other side. All right. So from Turk Telecom Ankara, we have uh, Kyle Wilcher. Kyle, thanks for coming on and taking a couple minutes for us. Of course, no problem. Um, so we're all about, I guess, more than six months into this whole COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, maybe just uh, in general, how you're holding up with everything and, and what it's uh, what it means to kind of be back on the court and uh, getting ready to play for a major championship. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, definitely... Uh, a different flow to a season. I've never had a season where you come over and you have a important championship right when you get here. So the minute I've gotten here to Turkey, we're just glad to be playing basketball again. You know, you, you take for granted getting to play, play the game that we love and last year getting cut short. We're just very fortunate that uh, champions league did a nice format that we could come back and uh, finish this thing out. So, we're really excited for this upcoming competition. Um, we're working hard over here. We're staying safe. So we just, uh, you know, we pray that uh, not any more people in the world are affected by this. What would you say is the the biggest challenge of going into a, a major championship like this without really the benefit of, of playing domestic games and, and not really having much of a, of a rhythm? I think you kind of hit the head on, um, you, you know, just having a new team. Um, you know, last year's team is the one that got us to this position. And now we bring in a bunch of new guys, a bunch of talented guys, but, um, because it's so early on, we haven't had that many games together. So we just hope we can catch a rhythm early on and, and play some good basketball and compete for this championship because it means a lot to the city of Ankara and, and our team, um, Turk Telecom. So, you know, for us, we're doing our best. Uh, we're trying to adjust quickly. Um, you know, in a typical season, you would have a lot more time to get ready for these important games. But, you know, we're, we're uh, dealing with the hand that's dealt, and we're just working hard and doing our best. You're one of the main guys coming back uh, from uh, to the team from the team before the, the shutdown. Uh, maybe what kind of role, leadership, whatnot, do you expect to, to have for this team? Let's say, uh, especially looking... Uh, forward at the um, at the final eight. Yeah, you know, for me, just being a guy who's played under coach, um, you know, our coach, uh, just knowing the plays, what what plays to run, and getting these new guys acclimated, and you know, leading by example, uh, playing as hard as I can when I'm in there, offensively and defensively. So, you know, for myself, being a returner, I think just knowing the system is kind of the the biggest thing I can um, help out with the new guys, and then just you know, working on the camaraderie off the court as well. Uh, looking at the new guys, you know, BCL fans will, you know, they'll know, they'll remember what uh, Kiefer Sykes uh, can do in his out- outstanding scoring abilities. Uh, the team also brought in Sam Decker, De- um, Tyler Ennis, who have both been uh, in the NBA. 
and then you also have the big man, Michael Eric. Um, you know, you've been working now with them for a few weeks. How are those? Uh, how are those guys adapting? And maybe how does this team compare to the one um, that uh, that finished the top sixteen? Yeah, you know, all those guys that you mentioned are super talented. We got some new Turkish players in there as well. Um, we're just really glad that we're able to sign those type of players. Um, they're, they're, we're coming together really nicely because we're all very unselfish and we're all competitors. So um, I kind of hit this. I kind of talked about this earlier. I think it just all all comes down to, you know, playing together. Uh, we have all the talent in the world, and I think this team, you know, it has – talent like like last year's team but i think it's just a matter of playing together and playing hard so uh, we hope we can come together quickly because uh, the games are right around the corner yeah um you might even be the same answer but maybe the biggest thing that this team needs to 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 do uh to be successful uh you know knowing that you know you're not uh you might not have a lot of film on on your opponents um and you might want to more focus on the things that you guys do well um, maybe the, the the biggest thing you guys need to do to be successful. Yeah, I think just uh, playing together defensively. Um, you know, we we might not be all the way there together as a unit, but I think the one thing you can control is uh, is your effort and intensity. So as long as we bring that, and then um, you know, offensively, just uh, doing our best to push and transition. We're a super athletic team, and then uh, once the half court offense uh, rolls around, just trusted in coach and running his sets and uh hopefully we can uh, execute the rest and hit enough open jumpers <laughs> exactly yeah um you're you guys are actually one of the the two teams in the final eight who probably let's call it a, the advantage of actually uh, having seen their opponents um uh, on tape uh and, and what they do look like now um, with uh, JDA Dijon uh, advancing in the last game of the of the round of 16, sort of a play-in game, if you will. Um, that's your quarterfinal opponent. Um, what's your expectations for that game? Yeah, you know, it's going to be a tough game. Um, you know, coming out, playing a really good opponent like that team, they play really hard. Um, you know, we're fortunate to get to watch them play. Um, but, but it's not a lot, just one game. So, um, you know, we have to focus on ourselves and, you know, just make it tough on them. You know, they're a really athletic team. Um, they look really talented. So we just got to do our best and, uh, you know, see what happens. Last question. What would it mean to you? What would it mean to the club, uh, to the team, to give this club and the city of Ankara then uh, a, a championship? Let, let's dream for the final question. I know you guys want to sort of go day by day, game by game, but but uh, dream a little bit. What would it mean for you guys to hoist the uh, hoist the trophy? You know, for us, it, it would mean the world just because, you know, we we put in a lot of effort last year. And so, you know, it would be a culmination of all that hard work. Um, those guys that were on the team last year that aren't on the team this year, you know, we're doing it for them, all those hours in the gym. So, and then, you know, for our club, our club is a club that's, um, you know, kind of on the rise. And we're trying to establish ourselves as one of the premier clubs in Europe. And uh, our coaching staff's done a great job being ambitious with signing. So, now it's on us, and, and we just hope we can uh, place that trophy for sure. All right. That's what we have for you. Um, Kyle Wilcher from uh, Turk Telecom Ankara. Uh, stay healthy, and uh, good luck there at the uh, final eight. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. All right. Um, 
Kyle Wilcher, really one of the best players uh, in the BCL this season. Uh, looking at Turk Telecom, you know, they, they lose, obviously lose a lot with Nick Johnson, Mustafa Fall, um, TJ Campbell, um, you know, but, you know, they also bring in a lot. You look at the, the NBA, former NBA duo of Sam Decker and, and Tyler Ennis. You look at uh, Kiefer Sykes, who, you know, people in the in the Champions Basketball Champions League remember he scored 40, 43 for Avellino in the eighteen nineteen season. You also bring in a good uh, professional rookie with uh, Kamara Baldwin, played at Butler, um, and then the big man um, uh, Michael Eric. Uh, you know, <laughs> teaming him up with the strong core that that uh, strong Turkish core that the uh, that. Um, Turk Telecom have, and there's just a lot of firepower on this team. Maybe your your thoughts about they they won't have been they won't have played any games, uh, similar to um, uh, similar to Hapo Jerusalem, uh, but you know there's a team that has you know loads of fire firepower, loads of weapons. Uh, what do you, what do you think about uh, how Turk Telecom went from the the regular season or uh, let's say round of sixteen to now the final eight? Um, well, I mean. As you mentioned, they've lost some important guys. You know, Nick Johnson affected the game in a lot of ways, and TJ Campbell was a very safe pair of hands. Um, but what they've put together in in their place is almost like a monsters lineup. You know, there's um, on paper, it's very hard to find a more talented roster coming into to final eight. Tyler Ennis looks like he's going to be a, an incredible level of player to to watch. You know, finishing and and. The, the ways that he can score and the ways that he can play and, and create for people looks like a legitimately elite level player. And obviously Sam Decker, you know, that we know about Sam Decker. He's energy, hustle, athleticism, you know, legitimate NBA level athleticism. And it's, you know, when you're rotating him and Kyle Wiltshire at the four, I don't know if you can find a better power forward rotation in, in the BCL than those two guys, or definitely not a more talented one. You know, we're going to need to see them mesh, um, and, and they, they've kept Kyle Wiltshire, who who was their best player this year. He was their best offensive player this year, and is um, it you know can score as well as any power forward in Europe without question. Um, the big question mark is is the is the swap for Mustafa Fall for mm-hmm. Michael Eric. Yeah, you know, Mustafa Fall was you know it, in the words of of Borat Goran, it was the most dominant center in in the BCL this year. Um, you know, you could make an argument for Shermadini and, and Zach Hankins, but I, I, I think it's it's definitely there to say that everything went through Mustafa Fall. If you if you look at the stats that um, that took Telecom produce, they they score the most points in the paint of any team in the final eight, and they're the best three point shooting for percentage, the best three point shooting team in the league. So. You know that inside-out presence, the fact that you had to double Mustafa Fall in the post, and the fact that he was such an excellent passer, and they had people spread around the around the horn they could throw it to and they could make shots. That was the way they played. So, you know, we need to find out if Michael Eric replaces that. You know, he's a very high-level player that comes in from Basconia, having just won the ACB ACB bubble, but. Is he Mustafa Fall for this team? Is the big question mark for me. I don't, I don't know about how you feel about that, Dave. I mean, it's I don't. I mean, 
fall was was fantastic. And you know, one of the things that I I actually I think that the guys they brought in um, are are better slashers. You know, um, so that if that shot, you know, they might not get that uh, that shot that they and 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 and, and Wilcher said it. You know, they need to catch a, a rhythm early. You know, and 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 if they if that shot's not there, they and uh, they can drive by their defenders. Uh, Sykes, obviously, you know, Decker, Ennis, Wilcher. You know, these are guys that, you know, they're gonna be they're gonna be able to create um, after the pass out. Um, that may not have been. It might not be as good as something that Fall did. Um, and, and another th- aspect is also the defensive uh, presence that uh, that these guys also have. You know, Decker's a, a guy who can really challenge at the rim, and this is a great athlete as well. Sykes, you know, okay, you can say a little bit about the size, you know, but... Um, tough. It's very tough, yeah. Exactly. Um, so, you know, this is a team that, you know, lose a lot, uh, but gain, you know, prob- maybe more um, different... And I, th- you know, now it's going to be up to, uh, up to the coaching staff to figure out the best ways to to change up the game plan a little enough to to still be successful. I, I think you make a very good point in terms of of Sam Decker as well being you know being able to challenge the rim. But he's able to do that on both ends as well. You know, mm-hmm. the, yeah. the big thing with Mustafa Fall is that rolling to the rim have to suck defenders into that. You know, defenders have to pay attention to Mustafa Fall at 7-3 or, or, or whatever he is rolling to the rim. And and now then bringing Sam Decker is, is not just Michael Eric as the rim roller. Sam Decker can roll to the rim as a lob threat too. So they, they have more than one player that can pull in defenders and open up those shots. So, All right, let's move to the other half of this game. That is uh, JDA, JDA Dijon. Uh, and let us uh, let us hear from David Holston, the the leader of that team. So we'll talk to you on the other side of that. All right. So we have uh, David Holston from uh, JDA Dijon. Uh, Dave, thanks for coming on the show, giving us a couple minutes. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me. Um, we are uh, we're all more than six months into this uh, COVID nineteen pandemic. Um, I guess two part to start off uh maybe how are you holding up and then after everything uh that's been going on you know how nice is it to you know already be on the court you guys uh were able to advance uh to the final eight um and then you'll also be starting up in the french league actually before the final eight so how are you holding up and and what's it like to get back on the court uh, i'm holding up pretty good uh you know, there's still something different that we all going through right now with the whole pandemic and everything. But you know, it's it's really it's really a blessing for us to be, you know, be able to be back on the court to kind of take our mind off of things and do what we love to do. You know, uh, uh, every I mean, I'm sure everybody, all the players are very happy to be back playing and being with their teams and stuff. So. It's good to, to give us something to do with it at this during this time, and I'm just we are we're just happy to be back. Uh, you, like we said, Dijon had you know had the the play-in game if you want to call it the the last game of the top sixteen, and then also the um uh you, you know the 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 game in the league. 
Um, but oh. you know, one of the biggest challenges is going to be, uh, just not having much playing game rhythm and whatnot. Maybe just, yeah. maybe just talk about that and, uh, how you, how you guys are trying to work to excel that as quick as possible. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, that's probably one of the biggest issues right now. I mean, it's, uh, even with our last game we played to advance, we, you know, we had some issues with, with our offense and being in different spots. I think that's one of the biggest things that we, uh, we're going through right now. And, you know, with us getting just being together, you know, playing our first game and, uh, you know, like almost early September, you know, it's something we really, we're not used to doing. So we have to quickly get adapted to one another and try to, uh, do the best we can at, uh, to get it together as fast as we can, you know, but, I mean, it is what it is. So we just got to take it day by day, practice by practice, and just keep getting better. But that is one of the issues, I think, with our team right now and many other teams probably going to have the same. So, I mean, it's just we just got to keep keep working hard, basically, and just getting better day by day. You're you're one of the main guys coming back, and we'll, we'll talk next question about uh, some of the new guys. Uh, but maybe just um... – what kind what kind of role do you kind of want to take as far as this team goes uh let's say especially looking forward to the final eight leadership or whatnot what kind of role do you have yeah I think I'll probably have more of a uh, a leader a leader have more of a leadership role uh you know I've, I've been playing uh probably longer than most of the guys we have on our team so I would probably want to be more of a leader to help them and and I mean, I've been in in this in in Dijon for a minute. And I know like the you know the the offense and the defense pretty well. So I want to just be more of a leader, you know, much as I can to the guys that's just coming in, and just to help them to try to figure out their positions and uh, just to give guys confidence that they need to you know make, help them play better and, and help them do the things that you know they that they not normal normally doing you know so i I want to do the best i can to be there for everybody on the team just build them up and you know just be the leader that i can be on and off the court looking at a couple of new players you you guys brought in uh, uh hans van wine uh, also jaron johnson chase uh simon uh uh jock uh Allingway. maybe just talk about uh you know what it's been with those guys now you know you've been with them for a few weeks and and how they kind of fit into this team and how it's sort of changed now with those guys in and the other guys out uh i think it uh i think that we're fitting in well you know i think we are we we are uh, we are we have got a tight uh, tight knit group, you know. We uh, we became really close fast. I knew some of the guys before, like Jack. He played with us a couple of years ago. Uh, I knew Chase from back home, and uh, Jan. He's been in the league for a couple of years, so uh, a lot of guys kind of knew each other, you know, coming in. But uh, I think we we're gonna be okay, you know. Uh, last year we had a we had a really good team and. Uh, this year, I think you know. I think we will also have a good team. We just gotta, like I said, it's still early. So we gotta get to know each other more and 
on the court and uh, and uh, I think off the court we're we're doing really good so I think that will help us for the things that we have to do on the court. Um, teams sometimes say you know you don't want to worry too much necessarily about the others uh, the opponent's game plan but kind of focus on the things you do well. Uh, obviously you have to know what they do um, but l- sort of what's the biggest thing that this team needs to do uh, in order to be successful at the final eight? Uh, I think the the biggest thing you know that coach always always preaches to us is defense. Really, you know that's what makes us who we are and our toughness. You know we have to be really tough and mentally strong to be able to play in a tournament like this. But I think the most important part is our defense. We have to be really solid defensively because we're going to go against some really good teams. You know, especially the first game we play against Clay Telecom, and I know they have a lot of. A lot of guys that are uh, very talented offensively, so we have to be prepared defensively. And I'm sure our coach—we have a really great coach and coaching staff as well. I think they will have us prepared best as they can. And you know, uh, we just got to do what we got to do defensively to you know get some stops and to, you know try to feed off our uh, defense. You brought him up, uh, Turk Telecom. You know they they had the luxury, if you will, of watching you guys play the let's call it the play-in game. Um, yeah. They've made changes, so you don't necessarily know exactly what they're going to be looking like. Just your yeah. expectations about uh, about that big game. Uh, I think it'll be a pretty it'll be a good game. You know, I really don't know what's going to happen. I haven't we haven't really, like you said they brought in new guys, so. The guys, they they probably gonna. I, mean, I don't know if they will have the same type of system or or what. So uh, it'll be. I mean, we just have to we just have to focus in on whatever coach uh, wants us to do and whatever game plan he has us going in on. So uh, we just have to focus in on practice and do the best we can because it's going to be difficult, you know, because we don't really we haven't really been able probably to scout or see any video on them together. So it would be difficult, but we just have to listen to our coach and be ready the best way we can. Just adds an entirely new dynamic <laughs> to the whole thing, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Last, last question. I know you guys want to think, day, you know, day by day and game by game, but, you know, let, let's dream just a little bit. Uh, what would it be? What would it mean to you uh, and this team to give this club and the city uh, the, 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 the title if you guys were able to win it? Man, that would be awesome. You know, I think that's uh, everybody. Everybody's dreaming about that. You know, especially on our team, where I think the city will love it. You know, the, the coaches, the fans, and the organization. It was, that's something we we. I mean, we 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 going to the win. We're not going just to just to just to be there. We want to go to to make some noise and to try to do the best we can to bring back a trophy. You know, that's the the main goal and the reason we, we, we came this far. So, I mean, we want to go there and try to do do what we can to bring back a trophy. We don't want to go there just to be there. You know, we want to go there to give it our all and leave everything we got out on the court. And that's something that coach emphasizes every day. Like, we're not going just to just to go and just to be happy to be there. You know, it's going to be a great event. I'm sure it's going to be a great event. And, you know, it's an honor just to be there, but we also want to win as well, you know. All right, fantastic. Uh, David Holson from JDA. Uh, Dijon, thanks for taking some time. Stay healthy and uh, good luck uh, getting to 
the final eight and, and good luck uh, once you guys once you're there uh, thank you so much okay um, you know probably one of the one of the most exciting players uh, to, to watch in this league just because of the you know this his size and his leadership and and you know his big shot uh, make ability um, so this team, didn't lose a lot of number players, you know, they only, you know, they, but big, big losses, uh, Lamont, Olmer's gone, Rashid Suleiman and, uh, Jeremy Laloupe, uh, the big, the big guys, uh, leaving the team, uh, Hans Van Wijn, people know from the, from the BCL know he helped Antwerp reach the final four. Uh, they also brought in Chase Simon and Jaron Johnson, as well as, um, third stint uh, with the team for Jock uh, Alink. And uh, also there's Charles Galliou. Um And then the core being there is is uh, the, the fantastic backcourt of David Holston and Axel Julian, as well as um, Alexander Chassong being the, the main guys. Not a deep roster. Um, maybe your thoughts about, uh, you know, this team, you know, JDA Dijon, they obviously played against Nizhny Novgorod to get into the, the final eight and then also have, will have played two games in the French league, uh, against Aswell and then at Rouen. So your thoughts about, um, about, uh, Dijon. Um, Dijon have been so much fun to watch all year. David Holston is probably the most clutch player in the BCL when it comes to those those killer shots and his range seems to get deeper and deeper the later the shot clock goes and they've been so much fun to watch and, and they come in with chemistry you know they you mentioned that they're not the deepest team but they as a result they have chemistry and they have chemistry on on both ends um if, when I was looking at the players they missed actually the one that concerned me the most was Lamont Ulmer because of the, the way he's played defense this year you know that this is a team that leads the BCO in steel percentage they're the most disruptive playmakers off the ball defensively and in the pick and roll defensively in the league and Ulmer was a huge part of that you know, he led he led the league in steals and also on contributed on the offensive end so um, while Suleiman is is you know probably the better player of the two in terms of contribution to the team, I felt like Lamont Olmer's role was the most important to um, Lenyam's style of play and um, system. And I think, you know, the, it was good to see Chase Simon contribute in a very similar way against Nizhny Novgorod. You know, he came up with a huge clutch steal in the fourth quarter that essentially killed the game. Um, and it looks like with him and Jaron Johnson, they found two guys that can fill that role and just kind of plug in and play for the for the spaces that were left. Um, and with Hans Van, Hans Van Wijn, they probably found a player they didn't have, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't have mm-hmm. anybody like that before the break. So if anything, that, that this might be one team that's coming stronger than it than they were you know, before the break. Um, and they've won some big games this year. The, the Leaders' Cup, they came through in Monaco in a, in a last possession game where they had to draw up a play to win. Um, and they did and executed it. And then really, Asvel, they dispatched Asvel in the final, really um, put them away. So that it's an underdog team um, with, you know, with, with that backcourt, especially of Axel Julian and, and David Holston, and they play with that chip on their shoulder. But they're an underdog team that's won stuff this year, and they're, they're going to be really tough to beat. 
All right, let's let's have a pick. Um, you you had the first game. I'll take the second game. Uh, I I I think there's I think there's too much firepower. Um, I think there's there's too many weapons um, to score. I think that the I think that I think that Turk Telecom will be able to push the tempo um, and get the scoring up into the at least upper seventies, probably mid eighties. And um, I just think for the the amount of baskets that uh, that are needed to get there, it, it seems to me that Turk Telecom just have the more weapons. They might. I think JD Eight Dijon probably will be the more in sync team um, because they'll have played already some some pretty big games. I mean, you're playing against Oswald, which is obviously a big game as well. Uh, and uh, and then also just to to knock off Nizhny, which was a, which was a battle for them to get through and uh, to get through that and have that under their belt. It's um, it's gonna I, I I think there's enough I think there's enough firepower um, to withstand uh, the defense that Dijon will try to put together. Your thoughts? I'm sure we're gonna we're gonna pick differently or disagree with each other at some point, but it's not gonna be <laughs> not gonna be this one. Yeah, I, I think. I think um, the the other point I want to add to that is Dijon's system defensively um, kind of found their nemesis or their um, the master key to unpicking it this year was Zaragoza and, and specifically Robin Benzing. Robin Benzing had 52 in two games against mm-hmm. um, against Dijon and I think he made 12 threes across the two games. And if you look at the the way that Kyle Wiltshire contributes offensively and the type of threes that mm-hmm. he gets. Mm-hmm. They're very similar to the shots that Robin Benzing takes for for Zaragoza, and I think and I think Carl Wiltshire is the is the master key in this case. The matchup problem that Dijon really need to find an answer to, and if you're having to key in on on that, then the rest of the talent that the tele- telecom have is too much. I feel. You know, you, you, the, the 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 underdog mentality and the chemistry of Dijon means that you you'll not be shocked if they if they find a way to win. Um, but you know the head says, you know the head says Turk Telecom. Even if the heart might say Dijon as the underdog. We we didn't we didn't ask I didn't ask this um, about the the first game. You, you you mentioned that there's two really great fan bases with with uh, with Jerusalem and and Burgos. Um, uh, you know, looking at Turk Telecom, JDA uh, Dijon. There's not going to be any fans in this in the stadium uh, in the arena. You know we've seen it in in the bubble in the German league, um, the Spanish league, in the NBA. Do you do you sense that either of these games would be impacted one way or the other because of a lack of of, of fans? Um, I, I really don't think so. I mean, the, the only thing I would say is that. And I, I don't have all the stats to back this up, but observationally, teams and players have been shooting better without the presence of fans. Um, you know, the, the two things that that you expect fans to contribute for home teams is um, is is shooting and actually physical battles. You know, home teams always seem to win things like offensive rebounds with their fans behind them. So um, maybe the the lack of fans favors. The teams that are better shooters, better shooting teams, but you know, 
whether that's the case in this in this in Athens is yet to be seen. And they would have both been road teams anyhow, so they wouldn't have had necessarily you know huge fan fan bases um, on right. site nece- yeah. necessarily necessarily. Yep, exactly. All right. Well, let's um, let's uh, finish this one off then, and uh, we'll uh, close off this show. Uh, if you want to follow uh, Deacon on on social media, Deacon, why don't you let everybody know how they can f- follow you? Um, you can find me on Twitter, mostly at, at DLS Coaching. Um, yeah, hit me up and some. Let's talk about it. And uh, you can follow the Basketball Champions League on Twitter and Instagram at BasketballCL. Uh, like us on Facebook. There's the uh, there's the cooperation video series going on with Euro Hoops. Also subscribe to the YouTube channel. Right now there's highlights of the 2019 season up until now, as well as full games and uh, some of the amazing performance and classic games. There's also the mobile app. Uh, you can if you have any questions for us, uh, ideas what we uh, what we should talk about, feel free to email us at info at championsleague.basketball. And of course, these games will be on, we broadcast on live basketball TV. So Deacon, any, any last words? Um, you know, we just made two predictions there, Dave, and we're almost always wrong. I was definitely wrong with last year's final, final four predictions. So don't, don't be shy. Let us know once we've got them wrong. Yes, exactly. Contact us. Let us let us know you're out there. Let, uh, let us know what we what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. We're here for you guys, so uh, feel free to contact us. Uh, we will uh, talk to you then in a couple days uh, for the second half of this preview, where we're going to look at the other half of the bracket. So until then, take care. <laughs>